To start this morning, I'd, I'd like you to consider this question. If there is one thing you could know about the future, what would it be? Actually, let's narrow that down just a little bit. If there's one thing about your life in the future that you could know, what would it be? What was it? Uh, maybe some of you are wondering when all of this is going to end. Maybe you want to know when you can see your grandkids again uh, and not have to worry about this virus thing that's going around. Kids, maybe you're wondering when, when can you go back to uh, the pool, especially as it's been hot this weekend. When can you go to the pool? When can you go to the park? When can you hang out with friends again? Uh, maybe some of you are, are looking at your relationship and you're wondering, uh, what's the future of my marriage? It's a little rocky right now. Are we going to make it? Maybe you're wondering, when will I get married? Maybe you're wondering, is the relationship I'm in right now, is this it? Are we going to last? Maybe some of you who are watching today uh, are in the military. And you're wondering, am I going to get deployed? What's this going to look like? Where am I going to get moved? Where am I going to get stationed? That's what you'd like to know. Maybe some of you are sick and you're wondering when you're going to recover. Uh, will you recover? What's this look like? Maybe others of you, you're, you're, you're wanting to know, long term, are you financially secure? Will you be okay? And maybe others of you, you're just wanting to know, will you and your family have a long, happy life? Life is filled with uncertainties. And as we look into the future, there are so many possibilities that can happen that if we let our minds wander, our hearts get troubled. And the thing is, is, is that the more we seem to get a handle on some of these questions, the more we get answers on some of them, we realize that there's three or four more that pop up. So yeah, we might get one or two of the answers, but then there's even more uncertainties. The future is always uncertain, and there's so many possibilities. And as we let our minds wander, we get stressed. Our hearts and our minds get troubled, and we end up even losing sleep over it. This isn't a modern-day phenomenon. This, this has been around for a while, including 600 years before Jesus was even born. Uh, 600 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 2, is dealing with something similar. We continue today in our series called Another in the Fire, and we're walking through the book of Daniel, and we're looking at how to live as foreigners here on earth. We Christians know that our citizenship is in heaven. And so that's our homeland, and this is a foreign country, so to speak, that we're living. And so we look forward to the day that we get to go back home to heaven. But until then, how do we live here? And what's the comfort? Well, as we live here, there's another one here with us, and that is God. And today we look at how do we live in this foreign country when we need true understanding. We're in Daniel chapter 2. Uh, Daniel 2 is a very long chapter. So I'm going to read selected verses. Uh, you can follow along, pull up your phone, uh, your Bible, open up to Daniel chapter 2, and we'll be skipping around as we go. We'll start with verse 1, Daniel chapter 2. 
In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. Put yourself in, in King Nebuchadnezzar's situation here. He's a young king. He's ruling a nation, and not just any nation. He's ruling the number one nation in the world. He is the leader of the world power at the time. Every decision he makes has big-time consequences. Every uh, decision with his military, when to conquer, when not to conquer, he knows that everyone is gunning for them because they're the world power. And he sits on his throne as a young king, and he's working through all of the possibilities, all of the decisions that have to be made. And then on top of it, he starts having dreams. And somehow he knows that these dreams are not just ordinary dreams. They mean something. And they have to do with the future. And as he's lying on his bed at night, his mind and his heart get troubled. As he's thinking of all of the possibilities. What could this mean? Where could this go? How does this look? He's stressed, worried, and his heart can't rest. And so what's he do? He goes looking for wisdom. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell them what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your house turned into rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I'm certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there's only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. He goes searching for wisdom. He wants understanding. He wants to know what all this means, what's, what uh, the future holds. And so who's he call? Uh, his wise men, the astrologers, enchanters, sorcerers, uh, and he brings them together and tells them what's going on. These were men that uh, were paid professionals. And what was their job? To observe the gods. They didn't talk directly with the gods, but what they could do is uh, they were professionals at, at observing what the gods were doing in the world and gave advice based on that. They were professionals at manipulating the gods. So based on what they did, what they said, they manipulated the gods to do what they wanted. But they didn't have direct contact with their gods, at least that's what they believed. Uh, they couldn't talk to God, the gods, and get answers. They could just observe and manipulate. What King Nebuchadnezzar wants is a truthful interpretation. He wants true understanding. And so that's why he's asking them to not only interpret the dream, but give, them, give him the dream as well. 
Because what he's worried about is that they'll just flatter him, give him an interpretation that he wants. And that's not what he wants. He wants the true interpretation. The issue is that if they don't do what he's asking, he's going to cut them into pieces and turn their house into rubble. It's a wild ask in the first place to have them give him the dream, but then the threat that goes along with it and the penalty is just outrageous. It's really not a wise decision. These guys were wise guys. They they were wise men. And he's going to kill all of his wise men in the country if they can't do what he's asking. An impossibility. But this is what happens. He is stressed. He is worried. He wants understanding of how this is all going to work out. He can't sleep at night. And his lack of wisdom leads to a lack of wise decisions. And that's true as we look around the world, as we look at our lives, how often isn't that true? A a lack of understanding, a lack of wisdom, leads to a troubled heart, which leads to a lack of wise decisions. I'm going to be honest with you about something. Last night when uh, I went home and and from church, got home, uh, I still didn't have all the finishing touches on my sermon here. But my mind was kind of fried, so I said, you know what? As the night goes on, I'm sure, and I just step away from it, I'm sure uh, I'll have some kind of revelation or something that will fit it all together. Well, as the night went on, nothing was really coming to me. In fact, as I got into bed and I laid down, uh, I still didn't have those finishing touches. uh, And I started to get a little stressed. Because how's this going to work? How's this going to fit together? What's it going to look like? And my heart began to be troubled, and uh, it was stirring. And then, Anne was trying to talk to me. And uh, I'm thinking about this, and next thing you know, I got a little short with her. Why? Because I didn't have understanding of what this all was going to look like. My heart was troubled. I got stressed. And the lack of understanding, the lack of wisdom, led to a lack of wise decisions. We see this all the time in our life. We want to know how everything's going to work out. We want our little kingdoms to thrive and survive, just like Nebuchadnezzar wanted his kingdom to thrive and survive. And we're worried that it's all going to come crashing down on us. And so what do we do? We look for wisdom. And where do we look for understanding? We look to all kinds of places. We look to books on parenting. We look to books on finances. We look to... Uh, friends and get their advice. We look to uh, weight loss programs. We look to all these different things to get all of this research, all of this wisdom, and we don't know if we can trust any of it. And then we start putting it into practice. But is it really the wisdom that we need? Is it really the wisdom that we want? And the bad, the lack of wisdom leads to a lack of wise decisions. And we decide that the best way to keep our little kingdoms going is to work and work and work to the point of becoming a workaholic to get as much money as we can to keep everything stable, even at the expense of our family and the expense of our relationship with God. We look to all these books and, and on parenting, on weight loss and all this, and, and when it doesn't work, we get stressed and overwhelmed and we lash out. 
at our loved ones. We look for the best way to keep our little kingdoms alive and surviving and we're stressed about it when companies don't line up with what we want or a company makes it difficult on us and we end up lashing out at them. We want our futures to be secure. We want understanding of what's happening in our life. We want understanding of what's going to happen in our life and we try to control it on our throne of our little kingdoms as best as we can and we get stressed, we get overwhelmed. And because we don't look to true wisdom, we end up making a lack of wise decisions. We see that here with Nebuchadnezzar. He says, I want the interpretation of the dream, but if you can't give me the dream too, I'm going to cut you into pieces. You're just going to kill all of your wise men. But that's what happens when you have a lack of understanding, and it's stressful, and it's troubled. You make bad decisions. So he says, here's the, here's the thing. Guys, tell me the dream and the interpretation, and I'll give you a bunch of rewards. Here's what the astrologers and, and the wise men say. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. The astrologers say, we can't do this. What you ask is too hard. Nobody, no king has ever asked this. Only the gods can do what you ask, and they do not live among humans. So, guess what King Nebuchadnezzar does? He orders the execution of all the wise men. And so his guards go out and they start uh, arresting them and bringing them to the king. And guess who's in included in the wise men? Daniel and his three friends from Jerusalem. And so a guard goes to arrest Daniel. And as he does, Daniel, with wisdom intact, asks, why did the king make such an order? The guard tells him and Daniel says, take me to the king. So he takes him to the king and Daniel says, I will get you the interpretation and your dream. I just need time. And the king says, fine, you've got it. That night, Daniel and his three friends pray and they plead for God's mercy, asking God to give them the interpretation of the dream. And overnight, God gives it to him. God gives Daniel the interpretation and the dream. The next morning, Daniel wakes up. He goes to the king and he says, this is what he says. Verse 27. Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Understand, king, Daniel wants him to know, understand, king, uh, that no man can do what you're asking. But there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to the king what will come. Daniel says that God, God has revealed to you the future, Nebuchadnezzar. And then he says, let me interpret it for you. Here's your dream. You saw a large statue. 
that was made of gold, of silver, of bronze, and had iron and clay legs and feet. And then, King Nebuchadnezzar, you saw a rock being cut out of a mountain, not with human hands, and that rock struck the foot of that statue, destroying it all. Daniel says, now here's the interpretation, king. You are the head of gold, and after you will come a lesser nation, and then a lesser nation, and then one more. And when that nation is established, a rock is going to be cut out. And here's who, what that rock is. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will, will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. Daniel says, here is what this dream means, Nebuchadnezzar. These four kingdoms are going to come. And then a rock is going to be cut out. And that rock is God's kingdom. And that kingdom will be established forever. It will endure. It will crush all the kingdoms before it. But it will never be crushed. It will never hand it over to another person. God's kingdom will rule forever with God on the throne for eternity. Kingdoms come, kings come, kingdoms fall, kings fall, but God's kingdom will last forever. This is the mystery, Nebuchadnezzar. God has made known to you the mystery. This is true wisdom. True wisdom comes from God, and he has made known to you the mysteries of his kingdom. He has pulled back that curtain, that veil, and he, showed you, he has shown you his secrets, the, the truths of God, the truth, the wisdom that come from him. He has made known to you the mystery of who you are. You aren't just another animal. You are the crown of God's creation. God created humans, including you, to be the crown of his creation, to have a relationship with him. He has made this truth known to you through his word. And he's also made known to you the truth, the mystery that we have sinned. We don't like to hear it, but praise God that he's revealed the mystery that we have sinned. We have fallen short of God's expectations. We've broken that relationship with him. Because he's also made known to us the mystery of how he's restored it, how he's fixed it. Through Jesus, his one and only son, through his perfect life, his innocent death, and his resurrection, God has restored this relationship with him. You are completely forgiven and at peace with the God of this world. And that stone that was cut out of the mountain, not by human hands, that stone, that rock, was Jesus who established the kingdom of God at his resurrection. And it completely destroyed all of the nations. Not just earthly kingdoms, but the kingdom of the devil and the realm of the dead. God's kingdom lasts forever. And through Jesus, through this rock, he has punched your citizenship in heaven. That is 
where your citizenship lies. That is where you will rest forever in the kingdom of God, in the peace and the prosperity of God's kingdom. He rules on his throne for eternity. And you are part of that kingdom. What an amazing mystery to have known, to have revealed to us. This is the true wisdom of God. And think of how freeing and peaceful this is. Because the future has so many uh, possibilities, so many uncertainties. And yet from today until the end, you know exactly what's going to happen. You will rest in God's kingdom forever. The future's not a mystery to you. You know what will happen. God's kingdom will endure forever, and you are part of it through Jesus. What peace that brings us as we, we lay our heads down at night. The future may be uncertain, but not our ultimate destiny. Our ultimate future is in the kingdom of God. What peace that brings us, what rest, what freedom it brings us knowing that our little kingdoms, yeah, they're going to come to an end. But we are part of a greater kingdom, the kingdom of God. And that will rest, last forever. What a blessing it is to know that. But what about tomorrow? Yes, we're here God's kingdom and and our entrance into it is here. What about all this time in the middle? I'm still going to wake up tomorrow with problems and uncertainties. And what about that? What about our future here on earth? Do you know how King Nebuchadnezzar responded to all this? He fell down to the ground, prostrate before Daniel, and he rejoiced. He even praised the God of Israel. Do you know why he was so excited? He had his Daniel. Sure, he didn't know what the future held. In fact, uh, Daniel didn't really tell him anything uh, other than here's what's going to happen in the future. He didn't say when. He didn't say how. He just said here's what's going to happen. But King Nebuchadnezzar had his Daniel with him. And Daniel apparently was connected to God who revealed all mysteries. So Nebuchadnezzar was good. He rested easy at night. He had his Daniel. You have someone greater than Daniel. You have access directly to that God who holds all wisdom, all knowledge, all power, and all mysteries in his hands. And do you remember back to earlier when the astrologers said to King Nebuchadnezzar, only the gods know the mysteries that you're wanting, and they don't live among humans. You not only have access to the God of the world, but the God of the world does dwell among humans, does live with you. This has been God's plan from the very beginning. God created this world. God created you to live with him and he with you. He lived with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And then when sin broke them apart, God lived with his people in the tabernacle. And then he lived with his people in the temple. And then he ultimately lived with them when the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God lived with his people as he took on human flesh, named Jesus, and he became one with us, for us, to win us salvation. So that one day, 
we will live forever face to face with God. God and humans living together as one. And you are part of that. Until then, Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The uncertainty of tomorrow uh, is uncertain. You you could end up being wherever. Who knows what's going to happen? But you know for certain that the God of this world who rules all things for the good of his people, who has control over all the kings and all the kingdoms, including your little kingdom, promises he is with you. He is living with you in your home, at your work, wherever you go, God is with you. And so as we go into the future, let's be comfortable not knowing what we don't know because we know the one who does know. And that's our God. God is with us. We may not know what tomorrow brings, but God does. We may not know uh, how we can control all this. God does. And he has given you true wisdom, and that true wisdom is found in his word. He has revealed the mysteries of the future to you, and it's found in his word. And as we grow in his word, as we grow in the promises of the future, that our sins are forgiven, that we're part of this kingdom, that God is with us, and we put it into practice, the more our faith grows, the more our trust in our Savior grows, and that the more the uncertainties And the more the uncertainties we have, the more we're comfortable with it because we know the one who has it all under control and that's our God who sits on his throne. So God be with you. Grow in him as you know he is going with you. He is with you and you are part of his kingdom forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you sit on your throne and that you have all power, all wisdom, all understanding. We thank you that you are ruling all things for the good of your people, including us. We thank you that you promise that you are with us always, and that you live among humans, including us. Wherever we go, you live with us, you dwell with us, you've made your home with us, uh, and you've done so through Jesus, who's removed all of our sin, uh, and so we have a good relationship with you. We thank you that... uh, You are ruling all things until one day we are brought home into your heavenly kingdom, brought back to heaven where we get to live with you forever in a kingdom that will never end. As we try to hold on to our little kingdoms, uh, let our hearts be at rest, knowing that our true kingdom is with you. We ask all this in Jesus' name, and it's in his name that we join to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. As you go today, do so with the blessing of the Lord, knowing that he's going with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
We close with our closing song, By Grace I'm Saved. The Lord bless your week.